And I would invite you then this evening uh, to turn with me to 1 Corinthians and chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians and chapter number 15. Um, is this mine, Brother Weiss, this water here? Is it safe? Even if it is, could it be mine? No, just kidding. Just kidding. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, uh, let's go ahead and read then a few verses. Uh, let's read down from uh, verse number 55 and uh, on to verse number 58. The Bible says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to just focus then uh, through verse number 58, the phrase always abounding this evening as we go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love to us. Uh, we're grateful, God, for uh, the growth that you give us. Uh, both personally, uh, in our family, and in our ministry, in the church. I pray, dear God, that you'd uh, help us to be focused around uh, always abounding and growing in you. And I pray, God, that you'd lead us uh, in the message this evening. We thank you, God, uh, for your work in our lives, and I pray that you'd guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, this I chose as our uh, theme for the year. Uh, and uh, what a blessing it's been to our people as uh, we focus then on always growing uh, in the Lord and always staying focused then on the growth that God would have us to have in our lives. And, and so I want to bring this message then uh, this evening as well uh, to us. Uh, three points that I see out of this uh, verse number 58 that I think could be an encouragement to us. First of all, we see that we ought to recognize our condition. If we're going to continue and always to abound in the Lord, we ought to first recognize the condition uh, that we're in. The Bible says, therefore, my beloved brethren, what a great title uh, that we have uh, to us as believers and uh, I love uh, the epistles that uh, Paul wrote and, and to the churches. He was writing primarily to believers, to us, uh, as uh, we are faithfully uh, administering and doing the work of the Lord wherever we're at. Uh, God has a work for us to do. And it's important for us as we want to stay focused on doing and accomplishing his work that we remember from where he's brought us and where he's taking us. And that's how we need to recognize our condition uh, that this evening. The Bible says in verse number 55, O death, where is thy sting? Oh, praise Jesus that he's taken that sting of death away. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear the grave, but rather we can look forward to the grave. And he's, even as Paul uh, said that, that for me to, to, to die is gain. And what a blessing to understand that we can carry on uh, all of the days of our life doing what God 
would have us to do with no fear of persecution or death uh, because uh, it's settled in heaven uh, and we praise him for that. It says, where is thy victory? Can I tell you that uh, death has been brought to victory in our lives? Not just have we been brought from death to life, although that's very true, but death has been brought even further and even better than that, a victory that we can share and live in him. We ought to live uh, a life and a life abundant in him. And I love that phrase uh, as we think about and think on these things. In Romans 6 and verse number 23, we understand that the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ought to just stop for a second and praise God for uh, the victory of eternal life that he's given us this evening. Amen. And uh, we ought not to ever uh, get tired of thinking and reflecting and recognizing uh, from where he's brought us. I'm not one to make light of sin and even to even uh, expose our, our sin or make, uh, talk about it uh, even from the pulpit or anywhere else. Uh, but but uh, we ought to keep in the back of our mind how, how wicked we were. How, how needful of a Savior we were before we were saved and, 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 and from what pits of hell he brought us out of. Amen. Amen. This evening. We ought also to understand that we've been brought uh, from slavery to liberation. And thankfully, we can understand that in verse number 56, it says, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And the, the, the sin in our life uh, held us captive. But oh, we thank God that we have victory in him. Again, in Romans 6 and verse number 17, I'm blessed by these verses. It says, Now then it is no more uh, I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. But I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, and but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, would, that I would not, it is more, no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I, I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. And I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. What, what great verses I'm reading, and I'm not even reading the right chapter. I can't even blame that on Spanish. It was so good. They were blessing my heart. It's all, <laughs> it's all good. What a blessing. I can't even blame the sound system for that. Man, a lot. Look in verse number 17, Romans 6. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from my heart that form of doctrine that was delivered you. Can I tell you the importance of sound doctrine in our life? The sound doctrine uh, is a, a setting stone, that rock that we ought to build our life upon as we put our life 
upon the rock of Christ, then we build upon it with blocks of doctrine and surround our life uh, with these blocks of sound doctrine uh, so that uh, when the vices of sin come knocking at the door and, and when the temptation of our past and, and the friends of our past uh, come knocking and, and they, they tell us that, uh, that you have the grace of God, go ahead and live however you want. We can reject that and trust in the sound doctrine. When they say, but God is love, so you don't have to live... Uh, certain way. You don't have to be separated from the world. Uh, you can live however you want. I mean, you can enjoy God and sweet smoke and drink too. You can do all these things. Let me tell you this evening, grace is not a license to sin. So sad that in our, in our day, the real pandemic uh, is apathy uh, from Christian people or so-called people that call themselves Christians uh, that, that stand around and, and sit around and, and try to justify their behavior, justify their sin, uh, just as if we can continue to do what we want because of the grace of God. Let me tell you, that is not the truth. That is not sound doctrine. For I was saved unto good works. And my salvation ought to make me separated and sanctified. Sanctified unto God makes me separated from the world. It's not a link. Hello, uh, is someone with me this, this evening? Got quite quiet, got kind of quiet this evening. Verse number 20 says, For when you were the servants of sin... You were, n notice the tense. It's past tense. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. For there is none good, no, not one. The only reason we're good today is because of the person we serve and the person that we commit our lives to on a daily basis. That's the reason that we could be good and understanding our condition this evening is to understand that there's none good even after you're saved. We're still wicked sinners saved by the grace of God. And that grace allows us to serve him and live for him and to be dedicated to his service in a way that pleases him, not them. Can I tell you this evening, and, and I, I, try to, I try to mind my own business. I, I live on an island, and I try to stay there. Um, but the world is awfully confused today. The world says it wants one thing, but, but then says something different. Someone with me this evening? The world says it wants unity, but, but then it, it's dividing everything. Someone with me? The world... The world says it believes one thing and tomorrow then it acts as if it doesn't believe that same thing. Can I tell you this, one of the saddest things that, that, that I saw just a few months ago and as we passed uh, the U.S. Embassy on, on the way to church multiple times a week, uh, we have to drive by right by the U.S. Embassy. A beautiful building, great huge structure, uh, a lot of land that they bought up. I mean, the U.S. 
uh, has land everywhere, and it's, it's amazing. I, I don't have any privilege to it. I can't get into it, uh, but it's amazing. I mean, uh, to, to, to pass by it, I gotta take a. I mean, I gotta take a, a ticket and wait two months, brother uh, Smith, to be able to, to go into the embassy. But uh, as 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 they spew their garbage here, they spew it all over the world. It's not just here, but. A few months ago, they, they, they celebrate this thing. You know what the thing I'm talking about. And, and I drove by to my shame, to our shame. Can I tell you that? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full-blood American. And it broke my heart and it burdened me, not just for the condition of the Dominican, but for, for the condition of the, the, the United States and for the world. I drove by to see a 30-foot by 100-foot banner of the new pride flag. Now they call it the all-inclusive. I don't know if you've seen this. They, they call it the all-inclusive pride flag. And I, I, I drove by, I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, what a beautiful rainbow. Except for why is there black and white and all kinds of stuff in this rainbow? There's brown in this rainbow. I've never seen a rainbow like that. Every other year they had put rainbows up. I thought, man, praise the Lord, Brother Smith. They, they're celebrating the, the promise of Noah's Ark. And we've had a lot of rain. And man, man in, in, in my innocence, I was just praising Jesus. You know, they were just, a, I knew it wasn't that. But sad that our kids can't even celebrate a rainbow. They can't even draw a rainbow without being labeled. I started looking that up, and, and I texted my pastor. I sent it to my pastor. I sent, sent it what it said. I asked him, I said, this is supposed to be all-inclusive. Where's the color for the Christians? There's no color for the Christians. Color for the Buddhists, color, color for the blacks, color for, color for the Asians, color for the Spanish, color for the you-know-who, uh, all the other groups that they don't even know who they are. <laughs> Every, every week it changes. I mean, they have another letter. In, I mean, there's only 26 letters in the alphabet. I mean, I don't know how many letters they can put. But I said, where's the Christian? Where's the color for the Christian? There isn't a color. We're the ones that they're against. Because as we stand on truth, as, as we stand on principle, as we stand on principle, we have to be against sin. We have to be against garbage and against filth and against wickedness. I don't know if anybody remembers the story about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. That wasn't a nice thing to happen to that, those cities. That was judgment. And judgment is coming to this land. We better wake up because judgment's coming to this land if we're not careful. And it's not just going to this land. I, 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 like I said, I, I live in an island that's plenty filthy and dirty as well. And it's coming there too. But as Christians, we better understand our condition and we're no longer slaves. The, the world wants to enslave us because they want to shut our mouth and shut our witness. They want to stop us from preaching the gospel. They want to confuse us. They're so confused that they, they, they confuse everyone else and confuse us. Well, why? why don't we get a 
truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth will what? I think that's the problem with a lot of us Christians. We're not free because we don't know the truth. Sound doctrine is the building block that we need to build our lives upon. Uh, it's interesting as we go to the Great Commission. Obviously, we know that it says that you should go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we accept that part. But then it continues in verse number 20. It says, teaching them, who's them? The ones that have been saved, that have been baptized in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them, so all of us that have been saved, baptized, and, and follow the Lord, ought to then be teaching them to observe how many things? Who's with me? How many things? How many things? I don't think you're convinced. All things that I have commanded you. Now, none of us can say we follow all the things. We could sure teach them. And Lord willing, as we're teaching them, what it does is as we're teaching the principles of God's word, they settle in our hearts. That truth is sealed in our hearts. Oh, I knew truth. Kids and teenagers and, and, and young people this evening, uh, I, I want you to absorb truth. I want you to meditate and memorize the gospel, the scriptures. Amen. That's going to help you. But I don't want you to just in there. I want you determined to live the truth then that you have in your heart and life. So many young people, sad to say, memorize verse after verse after verse, year after year after year. They get to an age that they never put it in practice. I often say we have to translate the God of our parents and the God of our grandparents into our God right. and our Savior. And it has to become our faith. Because it was okay when I was a young person uh, uh, to lean on, on the faith of my parents and the faith of my grandparents. It, it was enough back then, but the storms are too big now. My grandpa can testify how many times I've called him. Grandpa needs help. Grandpa needs you. He says, son, I'd like to be there. And I know his heart's in the right place. I'd like to help you. But at this point, I can't. But I know who can. Amen. I know who can. I'll pray for you. That's good. We need your prayers. I appreciate your prayers. I covet your prayers. We'll pray for you. But if I'm not praying for me through the storm, what good are your prayers going to do? I can't lean on your faith. I can't trust on your faith. And you can't trust on my faith either. Can I tell you a sad reality? You can't trust in me to reach all of the Dominican Republic. You're still called to reach. 
Now, what God allows us, and, and through his, his program, as, as he allows us in a local way to be able to expand our outreach and to be able to reach other places with giving to missions, sending missionaries, and allowing them. But the job's not over then. Because the, true, the truth is, I'm still called to reach Missouri. So when I'm here, when I'm in, in the Dominican, I, I, I can't be reaching Missouri. I have to trust that you're doing that. You with me? The neat thing and the understanding that we have is as we understand our condition this evening, it will lead us and drive us then to be resolved in our convictions, in our standards, in our way of life. Don't let someone else put a label on you. Don't let someone else use letters to define you. Hmm? Oh, you're one of those. That's what a lot of people say. You're one of those. You're one of those legalistic people. No, I, I like to live my life by principle. I like to, to stand on truth. And not be swayed by, what's the Bible say? Every wind of doctrine. That doctrine is what the world wants you to believe. That doctrine is what neo-evangelicalism wants you to believe. You can be a Christian and do this too. It doesn't work that way. If I frequent... And I've been in Baptist church, I shouldn't frequent other places. Someone with me? We should be resolved. The Bible says then to be steadfast, unmovable. What a blessing that is. Colossians 1 and verse number 23, the Bible says, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Wow, what a blessing, a testimony that Paul's giving. Can it be said of us that the gospel in our generation has been preached to every creature like Paul said? Oh, fellow preacher, there's so many more people. There should be so many more Christians then. Preaching the gospel. Reaching people. There should be so many more churches. Can I tell you, Pastor Wise, he, 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 he took us through the facilities last night. What a blessing. You guys have in the building you have. I'm not making light of that. I know that the sweat and hard work that has that has brought this to where it's at, and it didn't happen by accident. It is a huge blessing for you to be situated where you're at, to be visual in the community, and then to have the facilities that you have to be able to minister in a way that you can minister effectively. It is a huge blessing and encouragement to me. But are we comfortable with it? Are we satisfied with it? Understand the reason that some of the churches, uh, the, the, the chairs are spread out. 
But I know because Pastor Weiss told me there's a lot more tears stored somewhere else. There's a lot more room in this auditorium for more people. Pastor White, maybe we should put out five or six more rows of chairs. So people see more empty chairs. So people see more need to fill those chairs. Now that's just an idea. You don't have to do that, but that's just an idea. I wish I had some chairs that just didn't break every time I sat on them. That, that's what I wished. My people are so loving. They're so kind to me. And anytime I go... And, and try to sit out. They say, Pastor, Pastor, hold on. They so kindly and gently take another one of those plastic chairs and put it inside another one of those plastic chairs. By the time four or five of them do that, I, I'm sitting on a throne, a tower of plastic chairs. I, I can't even sit down because it's so hot. But they're helping me. We went and bought chairs for Brother Nago's church, and you saw him. He's, he's a little guy. He eats a lot, but he's a little guy. <laughs> and I said, how do these chairs look? Nago, they look all right? He's like, I don't know. I said, well, go ahead and set it. I'm trying them out. He's like, nope. I was like, well, why not? You set it, Pastor. <laughs> why would you have me set in the chair? He knew. I knew too, but I just had to give him a hard time. <laughs> Don't make me be the guinea pig. Man, alive. Colossians 2 and verse number 5, the Bible says, for, that, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Can I tell you why we're, we're so tossed to and fro? Why we're so given to discouragement, to depression, to fear, to doubt? It's because our faith is not steadfast. Oh, we say we believe in God. We say we trust in Christ. We say we're being guided by the Holy Spirit. It really comes down to it. When you need it, do you have your faith really steadfast? I've been dealing with a situation for months and months, uh, even uh, a little more than a year. Situation, uh, uh, a really sad situation, a young man in our church, a very faithful young man. And uh, he's been coming, come under the attack uh, by a lot of human oppression disorder and things like that, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but somewhat frequently in desperation, the older brother or the mom call me in panic, in tears, in tears, pastor, Alex is in a crisis, Alex is having problems, they begin to tell me his symptoms and Normally, I try to get there as quick as I can. Sometimes I can't get there. And I just am continually burdened because I know that I'm not the only one that can fight against what is oppressing this young man. My 
constant message to him is, is that he, through his faith, has to obtain victory through the problem that he has. But then my message to the mom and the brother is that they, through faith, when he's in these dark places, they have to trust that the solution is Christ and not me. You know, the only way that I've been able to see victory through the situation is not by trusting in me, not by trusting in my power, not by trusting in my solution, but by trusting in Jesus as the only solution and the truth that would set him free. And every single time I've went, I've taken the word of God to him and I've preached and I've prayed and I've wept over him and we've seen victory for a moment. But it's because they continue to trust in my faith and not their faith. Oh, pastor, I'm weak. I know you are. But when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul sought the Lord three times to take away whatever ailed him. God didn't take it away. God said, nope. Better yet, I'll give you grace, because that's sufficient. And we all have the same amount of grace. It renews to us every morning whether or not we want to trust in it tomorrow. It's whether or not when the storm comes, we'll trust in him instead of being tossed about by the wind and the waves that we see around us. Lastly, this evening, we ought to understand our purpose. Look in verse number 58 again of the text. The Bible again says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Notice where we ought to always be abounding. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's a purpose for our lives after we're saved. It's not a selfish purpose. It's not for us to gain, but it's for Christ to have the glory in our lives. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Can I encourage someone this evening, Pastor and Mrs. Smith, your labor has not been in vain in the Lord. What a blessing it is to see them going on to another phase in their life. But I, I know, because I know the testimony of these, this couple, I know that they're going to continue to serve God. Here, abroad, wherever God gives them a, a, an opportunity to preach, a, a preacher never stops preaching. Grandpa, how old did you turn? How young did you turn? Sorry. 82. 82. Glory to the Lord God. You know, anytime he has an opportunity to preach, being a preacher, he's going to preach. 
long as he has breath in his lungs and ability in his body, I'm going to preach. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to have him over for the Dominican. What a blessing and honor for us to have him there. And for me, my mentor, my teacher, my preacher, my pastor, my friend, to have him beside me, the advantage that I had is I got a share of the pulpit with him. Because as he spoke, I translated. The cool thing was they didn't know what he was saying, so I could say whatever I wanted. It was a blessing. <laughs> and they would laugh after, every once in a while. He would look at me, and I'd just smile. Yeah, just keep going. It was such a blessing and honor for them to come and, and to be with us in our ministry, for him to preach, for him to hope open up the word of God. Many of our people, Grandpa, still say, we're amazed at your Grandpa. He never once looked down. He quoted all the verses he used from memory. I said they only, he only knows 10 or 12 verses, but he, he used them all, and it was a blessing. But it, it, it thrilled their hearts like it thrilled my hearts. My, my hearts, my hearts. Our purpose, if you would, uh, in Ephesians in chapter number 2, I'll be done. The Bible says then again, For by grace are ye saved through faith, verse number 8, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his, what's it say? workmanship. Now, to use my grandpa as another illustration, because he's here, right? He was a workman, a craftsman in his own right. We had a business, a crafting business growing up. We all worked in it. And I often say, I often say uh, as we were, were growing up, uh, uh, we were the most loyal slaves that anyone had. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. He taught me everything I knew, and it took him five minutes. That's what he says. He says he was a master of none. Well, he worked. And we sold and gave away and made a lot of products that we were proud to sell. What a blessing it was to work alongside him and to learn his trade and, and, and to see his workmanship. But can I tell you that there's someone greater than he that wants to do a work in you and my life this evening. And he wants to mold us in his image for his work, not for our work. For his glory and not our for we are his workmanship, not our own. There's nothing that we've done that we can be proud of. Can, can I tell you this evening? Oh, what the grace of God created in Christ Jesus unto what's it say? We've been created unto good works, not by good works. For by grace are you saved, not by good works. 
But we've been created unto good works. You better start working. Start saying. You've accepted the gift of God that God's given you. Start working now. Get active. Get working. Amen. There's something that God wants you to do. There's a purpose that he has for your life. Because look what it says. It says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What's them? The good works. You know the best thing and the best way that we can prove our love to him? It's through service. Through service to him. The best way that we can firm our faith in him is by using the faith to serve others and reach them Amen. for his glory. 